The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. We have been looking at God at work, and this is key because your image of who God is and what he's doing will change everything. This is not just a small thing like God's working. No, this is important. Jonathan last time mentioned that when Christ was on the cross, he shouted out, it is finished, completely finished. Christ paid for every single one of our sins. That aspect of salvation was done. However, in the scriptures, we see God does not sit idly by and just let things go on nonchalantly. God is actively trying to provide everything you need to rise up and become the man and woman of God that he wants you to be. He is actively doing this. He's not just kind of thinking it'd be a nice idea. He's actively doing that. If we look at the end of the Gospels, you see immediately after Christ has said he's finished, he rises from the dead in great power. Then he's walking down a road. Jesus is walking down the road to Emmaus to explain everything from the Old Testament. He's not just staying in heaven. He's already activating. He's coming and telling people what's going on. He's giving hope. Jesus shows up in an upper room. He even helps Doubting Thomas get past his doubts. He says, look, he's actively going after his people. You see, later in Acts, the Holy Spirit comes. God is actively raising them up to boldness to preach the gospel. And I just want to say one thing about this. We just recently went through the turning, right? And you talk about God being at work. Rick and Margaret went out on the streets here in Bromley during one of those days of the turning, and they were in Queensmead Garden. All of you know where that is behind the glades, a familiar place. There they met a person who they approached, you know, God loves you, he's got an awesome plan for your life, and the guy turned to look at them. And they started speaking the scriptures to him, and he said, I prayed just this morning that God would send somebody to me, and you are that person. The person went on with Rick and Margaret to receive Christ, and he hasn't gone to follow-up yet because he's been in the hospital, but he's actually contacted Rick to let him know that he's in the hospital so that he can follow up and begin discipling. God at work. Can you imagine? That happened here and now, just a few weeks ago. But if we go back to the book of Acts, you begin to see amazing things happen. In chapter 4, God comes and shakes the church. In chapter 7, Stephen is giving his testimony. And Stephen says he sees heavens open. And Stephen, before the eyes of all the Sanhedrin, becomes like a huge light bulb. God is active. And today, we have a story from chapter 8 in Acts, Philip and the Ethiopian. One thing you might not have thought about is God has already scattered the church out of Jerusalem. So here this world leader is coming from Ethiopia to the center of Jerusalem to worship God. And he has no Christians there to, worship, to witness to him. All he's hearing is from the regular Jewish people. He doesn't get any of the confusion. He's not in any of the arguments. But on his way home on a chariot, God sends somebody to him. While he's reading the scroll 
of Isaiah 53, which is talking about the suffering servant. He didn't get his answer in Jerusalem if he was asking. But here he is, and God sends a believer to him on a road, and then he finds a body of water right, the right, right at the right moment in Gaza, on the way to Gaza. I don't know about you, and I'm not all that much familiar with geography, but I think that's a pretty dry land. There's not too many bodies of water. God sets this whole thing up, and then whoosh, Philip's out of there. Now, Philip did have to adjust his schedule to do this, and I sympathize with Philip because we find out later in Philip that he had four girls, okay? Let me tell you, if you've got four girls, anything, anything that God asks you to do is going to interrupt your schedule, okay? Because you have a schedule. But what I want to just point here is even as you go through the book of Acts, you see that God is not sitting down. In fact, when Stephen looked up to heaven, he said, I saw Jesus standing. He's standing. He's actively after you. And today, I hope by the end of this message, you agree that God's active, that God's actively trying to provide for you. And one of the ways he's trying to provide for you is to get your heart and your mind into a place that you can receive the provision he has for you. A lot of times, many people are wondering where God's at, and he's working on you so you can receive the blessing. Now, if we go on to Romans chapter 8, 32... I just want to lay out this scripture, and this comes from the Passion Translation. This is a bedrock that God is actively working on your behalf. In verse 31, it starts, so what does this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son, but this is key here, because even though Jesus said it's finished, he's still working. Listen to the next part. This is key. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. If you have any concept that God is sitting up there thinking, okay, I saved you, now prove yourself. That's not him. He's actively trying to get you to a greater place to shine like Jesus Christ. He's trying. He's doing everything in his power to move you. Still staticky, huh? At least my girls aren't crying, okay? Here we go. So two things. You must believe that God is active. He is moving. He is doing things. He's not just sitting on a throne. Two, and he's doing it for you. He is for you. He is not against you. He's not trying to find your faults. If he wanted to find your faults, he wouldn't have to look far, would he? If he wanted to judge you, if he really wanted to judge you, would he have to take any more time in your life to prove that you're not going to make it on your own strength? No, we will not live up to a standard. He's trying to bring us to that standard and forgive us of our sins. If he wanted to judge you, he has enough evidence to do it now. He is giving you a chance to move closer to the image of Christ. He's working on your behalf. Now, this is very quick, but I need a child, one child. Okay. Oh, I see some eager ones, okay? Gabriel, is it? Samuel, come on up, Samuel. If you turn to the next slide, God is not only actively providing for us. You can turn to the next slide. There should be a third. We need to make room for God's provision, okay? 
Sammy, you can come up here. Maybe someday you'll be a preacher, huh? You feel comfortable up here? Yeah? What do you want to say? Hello? <laughs> here we go. What I want to say is that in this life, we have a lot of things. Would you hold that, please? Okay. And we carry a whole lot of things. Okay. Got room for this? Okay. Because we're carrying so many things. Hey, Samuel, you want this? No, thank you. <laughs> Woo! You are a man of God. No, here we go. God wants to move in our hearts that we release things that we're holding on to so that he can give his blessing. This is a principle of the kingdom. It's not just in one area. This is uh, pervasive across your walk as a Christian. For instance, if you're holding on to the way that you've been living and saying, no, it wasn't so bad. I remember what they did to me. No. And you don't admit and say, no, that was wrong. I don't care what everybody else did. I don't care what every, anybody else spoke. What I did in response was wrong. It was sin. I give that up to you, God. I admit that this is sin. And we humble ourselves and we take the pride out of our hearts. And we say, no, it was sin. And I need to repent. Do we have room to receive something? We have room to forgive greater forgiveness and compassion. We have, it even says in the scriptures, if you don't forgive other people, you're not acknowledging that Jesus paid every sin of yours. And how can he forgive that? How can he look on that? Here you go. That's not forgiveness of sin, but that's good enough, okay? <laughs> can I have another kid? I want... Is it Noah or Charlie? Charlie. Come on up. Hold this. Hold this. Okay. He's loaded down now. His hands are full. And we are much like this. If we spend our days grumbling and complaining about every little thing that happens to us, we have very little ability to praise God. And the ability to praise God is a gift to us. It brings joy to our heart. It lightens us. But if we hold on to our grudges and on to, our, to, to the bitterness of things and we don't let go, we have no room to receive all the goodness that God has for us. He says, let go of it. Let go. If something wrong happened, trust God. It says, cast all your cares upon him. He doesn't say, hold on to them all. He says, cast all your cares upon him. This plays with finances. It says in scriptures, give and it will be given unto you. If you're not willing to give, he has less ability to give back to you. These are scriptural principles of the kingdom. So if, Charlie, yeah. I'm really staticky. Sorry about that. If you give up your grudges, do you have a lot of them? Yeah. <laughs> Such honest people. <laughs> um, you are going to have room for more. Here's another way this works. We all have our weapons, the ways we defend ourselves, the way we protect ourselves. Is that getting heavy? Let me take one away. <laughs> we all have ways we protect ourselves. It could be through anger. It could be through wrath. It could be just getting back at people in revenge. God says, don't revenge. Don't give revenge. He says, leave room for my wrath. Let me work. Let me operate. Let me do this. If you use your own weapons, 
and don't lay down the way that you operate and the ways that you think are going to get you to the place you want to be. And don't say, God, I accept your ways. I want to use your tools. I want to use goodness and mercy. He says, don't repay evil for evil, but give them good instead. Because love triumphs, right? So when we lay down our weapons, okay, we're going to lay down your weapons. Has anybody ever talked bad to you in, in school? Yes. Have you ever been angry? Yes. How, do you, how do you respond? Uh... Do you punch him? <laughs> Never been caught? You wanted to. What would have happened if you punched him? A lot more trouble, yep. And he wouldn't have been able to receive goodness from God. This is letting go of our weapons, letting go of our things. Whether you're an adult or a kid, trusting God and giving up our things makes us able to receive what God has for us. Thank you, Charlie. All right. We got great kids here, don't we? It's nice to have them in worship. So I hope today you see that God is active. He's not only active, but he's active on your behalf. But he's often working to prepare your heart to receive what he has for you. Whether it's forgiveness, whether it's mercy, whether it's uh, getting along with colleagues at work, getting along with family, all the issues of life, he has an answer for. But we have to lay down our things to get what he has for us. All right? Let's just pray for a moment. The band, we could come up. We're going to sing one more song. In fact, when you think about it, God gave up his good son, his wonderful, perfect son, so that he could receive us. Even God, in his wonderful example, gave up something so that he could have us. It's an amazing thing. Giving is a way of blessing. Giving up, casting your cares upon him. Right now, if you're carrying any cares, any worries, we're just going to pray, and then we're going to go to worship and put our eyes on the beautiful name of Jesus. Father, we come to you today. We know that you know everything about us. You know where we played when we were kids. You know our coworkers. You know what they've been through. You know our family. You know the things that have been set against us. You know the things that have risen against us. You know the complexities of our life. But we turn to you right now, God, and we give you the messes. We give you our worries. We give you our concerns. We give you our anger. We give you the hurts. We give you everything, God. We want to release everything within the core of our being to our wonderful Savior and trust you to bring something better. God, what we have, we want to exchange for your good, for your perfect. We give you our imperfect, God. We give it to you now. We cast all our cares upon you because you care for us, God. We thank you, God. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.